Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. And here we go. Once again, that's the sound of rock cracking. You got Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday, and it, we've had shows about climate change, the hoax, the, the scientific methods that are so quirky that, that uh, seems like the mainstream media and everybody and science teachers are falling for. But we got a scientist today, someone who knows the numbers, works, uh, has worked hard with numbers for 40 years. Guy Mitchell has got a new book, and we're going to get him on the line. We're going to talk to him about uh, why are we spending so much money on this climate change that wh- where's the money going and what good is it doing? And so let's just give Guy Mitchell a call and let's get him on the line right now. This week on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics, I am glad to say that we have uh, Guy Mitchell. He's the author of a book, and I'm going to tell the whole title, Global Warming, The Great Deception, The Triumph of Dollars and Politics Over Science, and Why you, why Should You Care? And so uh, why should we care? about uh, the deception and, and all the dollars and politics that's going on, Guy? Well, there's several reasons, Ed. First of all, as I say in the concluding chapter of my book, if politicians and regulators use pseudoscience, which is that which is employed in, in this global warming hypothesis, to pass laws and regulations under the facade of the what's supposed to be for the common good, it can and will result in a loss of our personal freedoms. And I'll I'll give you a couple of examples. Good. You probably remember, uh, and it's actually still a topic of some discussion, uh, where some politicians like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and later, interestingly enough, the, the U.S. Energy Department, proposed to outlaw uh, natural gas-fired stoves, as cooking stoves in our homes. Yes. And that, you know, because it was alleged that, you know, when you burn natural gas, as you know, um, you have the product, one of the products of combustion is, is carbon dioxide, CO2. So the rationale was that burning CO2, I mean, burning natural gas in a stove in your kitchen would cause global warming because it increased the emissions of CO2. Um, You know, another example of why we should care is what's currently happening with the U.S. power grid today. Uh, There's been an effort 
over the last decade or so to eliminate coal-fired power plants and try to replace that capacity with wind uh, turbines and right. solar voltaic cells. Well, the you know, recently here, at least in the eastern half of the U.S., last Christmas holidays, uh, 500,000 people went without power because there were rolling blackouts that resulted from the inability of the power grid to supply the demand. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that in the Northeast, Midwest, uh, the TVA system, Duke Power, all had alternative energy sources that did not perform, could not perform in the cold weather and meet the demand. So, you know, we, we've we got the uh, uh, the challenge to our personal liberties from uh, uh, most recently, President Biden uh, stated that uh, it, it was his goal to, to outlaw internal combustion engines in cars and trucks and other transportation vehicles by 2035 because when you burn gasoline or diesel you the one of the products of combustion is co2 so you know all of this is coming together to impact us on our power grid the cost of energy uh, our curtailment of civil liberties pretty soon you won't be able to burn charcoal in your grill out you know, uh, grill a steak outside because you'll be emitting CO2. So that's that's where this thing can end up if 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 this is allowed to continue. Well, Guy, I'm glad this – I really want our listeners to hear you and your voice, and there's a lot of people who have been concerned for years and and all the concerns about the direction we're heading, but we just keep going further and further south. It seems like it's snowballing. and even where people are banned on uh, social media or, or, you know, scorned in public. And, my, my, you know, I'm glad you got this book out and you're talking about the carbon dioxide. And in your book, you mentioned about, uh, tell us about the seriousness of carbon dioxide in our atmosphere. Well, Ed, in simple terms, the, the, the man-made global warming hypothesis is the greatest scientific fraud in history. And and that can be proved in two ways. Uh, Number one, there are three worldwide temperature databases that measure the temperature of the uh, first eight kilometers around five miles of the atmosphere, uh, known as the troposphere. Uh, and then there's a temperature databases for the world's oceans and, and the land map. Uh-huh. And pro- probably the most relevant one is the temperature of the lower troposphere that's maintained by the University of Alabama Huntsville scientists John Christie and Roy Spencer. And they have been tracking the temperature of the lower troposphere from 1979 to 2023. And it, but if you look at the data from 1979 to 1998, the temperature of the lower troposphere decreased on average by about 0.3 degrees centigrade per year. And that occurred while 
the concentration of CO2 in the atmosphere increased by 25%. So in scientific terms, that would be what's called falsifying the hypothesis. In other words, it proved it false because the man-made global warming hypothesis is, is that as the concentration of CO2 in the atmosphere increases, the temperature of the atmosphere is supposed to increase. But that was not the case for 1979 through 1998, since accurate records have been maintained by satellite readings, and it continues to vary and have cooling periods since that time. So that's the reason I call it fraudulent, because the, the, the scientists at the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel for Climate Change have access to this data. They have seen these graphs, and they know that the temperature of the troposphere actually decreased while the CO2 concentration increased. So um, that's prima facie evidence that there hadn't been global warming and certainly not man-made global warming. You know, the other thing... The other yeah, go ahead. Thing, go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me the other thing. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, is if and I go to some detail about this in my book, but if you look at the physics of what happens... When a CO2 molecule, see, the whole premise is, is that when the Earth cools at night, it, it emits what are called long-wave infrared photons. And these are just, uh, uh, they're, they're, they're waves, wavelengths of energy in the electromagnetic spectrum. And they emanate from the Earth's surface up to the atmosphere, have been since the Earth was created. And... Uh, CO2 molecules and water molecules uh, absorb the these long-wave infrared photons in the 15 micron wavelength. And but CO, uh, H2O water vapor uh, has a much broader spectrum absorption spectrum and, and absorbs much greater energy. The CO2 molecule. Uh, absorbs very little energy, and consequently, uh, when it gets ultimately re-radiated back toward the Earth's surface, it has a de minimis amount of energy. For example, an increase in CO2 concentration from 280 parts per million to 410 parts per million, which is that which has occurred since, arguably, since 1870 to present, only results in about um around 0.1% of the energy uh that the sun generates uh every day at equatorial latitudes on a clear summer's day it's de minimis it's on the order actually of 2 watts per meter squared and the sun will generate 1000 watts per meter squared uh you know at at, at equatorial latitudes during the summer. So common sense would tell you that's not much, and it's not, and it gets dissipated by other uh, cooling mechanisms, primarily convection. That's when the wind blows. So the whole thing's a put-up. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a big fraud, and the, the, the reason it's being perpetr uh, yeah, perpetrated and perpetuated is it's all about the money. And, Guy, let me, I, I agree about the money. 
And I guess what's so frustrating to many people, and I know my listeners, we've talked about this before over the years. And and it's like I told you, it seems like people like you and your book uh, can't get your message out. Uh, I, let me just ask you, has CNN called you for an interview guy? <laughs> no, <laughs> not yet. I haven't heard from CNN or ABC <laughs> or, or MSNBC. And, and it's the same reason they don't call conservative political commentators to ask them if they're yeah. if there's a conspiracy afoot in in the Department of Justice. Yeah, well, uh, but I I am laughing, but it's sad because we can't even have a conversation. And and, and another question, I, and I've heard in the past in different years they've had different people on in different congressional hearings. Um, why don't we hear more of this in a congressional hearing now that uh, the House is the is the Republicans control the House? Can we not hear these kind of statistics in a congressional hearing? Do you know of anything coming up? Well, actually, I've, I've offered myself uh, for testimony to several Republican congressmen who are concerned about the issue. The answer is you certainly could and well, should. I, well, I'm glad you offered yourself and i hope that it will uh come forward and i know there's a lot of things that they're trying to get out and through but this really needs to be but the guy why because just you naming and i'm glad you gave those examples but uh probably 95 percent of americans would almost go to sleep thinking about those statistics but why can't this is one thing i've asked before and you correct me if i'm wrong but when you talk about carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, man-made carbon dioxide, the way I understand it, is less than a half a percent uh, you know, of all the carbon dioxide that's put out, most of it's by nature. And But uh, is that correct? Do you know what that statistic is exactly? Guy, hold that thought just a minute. I want to hear your answer about uh, what the percentage is of carbon dioxide. But just, uh, but I, there's congressional testimony that's going to tell us, and then I'm going to let uh, you answer. But I'm going to play this clip in just a minute from uh, uh, it was uh, the congressman of the first congressional district of California, uh, Doug Lamalfa, and he had some representatives from the transportation department, and they were talking about all the stuff and all the money they needed to to electrify everything. Uh, to keep from this climate change from disrupting and uh, killing the world off, I guess. So uh, I, I, in a minute, I'm going to play that a congressional testimony that happened a couple of weeks ago at, right here uh, in the United States. And I'm glad uh, it did come up. Uh, it's probably forced. And you'll see our <laughs> the administration didn't have a clue. But I'll play that in just a minute. But let me take this moment to remind you you are listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Split in Politics. We are talking to Guy Mitchell, who has the knowledge and can debate anybody and tell them we are in a climate change hoax. And he has the statistics. He's telling us about it. And he's explaining the carbon dioxide molecule and what it means, what it does. And we're going to get back. He's going to tell us what he thinks about the amount of uh, carbon dioxide in the air and just so happens they had congressional testimony on that and i'll play that but first l let me tell you the sales have started for 
Doc Holliday's first novel. It is called Hatchie, Keeper of the Secret. And you can go to HatchieBooks.com, Hatchie, H-A-T-C-H-I-E, HatchieBooks.com. And you can order your book. And we don't have the ebook yet. It is being uh, worked on as we speak. And hopefully we'll have the ebook. But we went ahead and we got this and we can ship out in the United States for our international listeners. And we thank you for listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Hang on for that ebook. And uh, if anybody else lives in the United States, if you want this book, uh, all you got to do is go to hatchybooks.com and we can, you can order your book. We'll be glad to get it out to you. It will be a series, so we'll be building on that. And I'm glad to say the second book is well underway as far as the writing goes. Now, uh, let's get back to the climate change, climate change hoax, or whatever you want to call it, the amount of time and energy and money and brain power that's being wasted working on something that is just uh, it's like a Hollywood production. <laughs> And, and the billions and billions of dollars that are being affected. So let me play this uh, from a congressional hearing a couple of weeks ago. Take a listen to this. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Panelists, let me just go right down the line real fast. What percent of our atmosphere is CO2? Take your best guess. You don't have to be accurate. All down the line. Repeat that question. What percent of our atmosphere is CO2, carbon dioxide? Wild guess. It's okay. I'll bite 5%. Right. I'll just follow you then. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go seven. That's my favorite number. I'll see there five and um, suggest that we know that transportation causes 49% of CO2. So that's why we're all working on okay. energy transition. All right. So what number do you think it is? Eh, five. Five? What about you? I didn't hear you, Mr. Oh. Dreher. Seven. Seven. Did you have one, uh, Mr. Boyd? So we got a five, seven. Uh, price is right. Eight. I'm going to get the high end. All right. Well, I, I appreciate that, and I don't mean to I put you on ice. I ask a lot of people that because all we hear is climate change, climate change, CO2, CO2. I heard a couple of you on the panel saying you're looking to change your vehicles to electric, even though we don't have the electric grid. And me as a farmer, I wouldn't be real happy about running out and replacing $300,000, $500,000, million dollar pieces of equipment because someone wants, someone wants it to be electric. The answer is 0.04%. Not 1%, not a half of a percent. It's 0.04%. And it's gone up from 0.03 over the last couple decades. This is what we're being all contorted into doing is this tiny change in CO2. If we go, if we get below 0.02, plant life starts dying off. So, um, let me ask uh, Mr. Boyd, what, uh, are a lot of your vehicles tier four already, or the vehicles that you know about in the industry? Yes. All right, so that's the cleanest burning diesel equipment you can get, right? Yes, sir. All right, how about Mr. Dreher, what do you think? Yes. Okay, so why would anybody be anxious to go out and change out all those vehicles that you've been upgrading? In my home state of California, CARB has eliminated lots of equipment. Trucks, you know, we're gonna be, we're down at least 70,000 truckers and all because they don't make a mandate for a 20, 2011 a newer vehicle. And so it's gonna be harder to get things from the ports, all this, all that. So um, anyway, I just wanted to underline that as we all get all giddy about trying to make everything electric. 
especially in my home state, when they're shutting down the power grid and taking out hydroelectric dams, and they barely kept in place the nuclear power plant for an additional five years, which is 9% of our grid. I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know how you guys are going to do construction out remote areas where there isn't power lines yet nearby or what have you in order to charge this stuff. Maybe you'll bring generators. So, Very important concerns from uh, Congressman Doug LaMalfa from California. And it was glad to hear somebody in California got some common sense. And thank goodness he would ask these questions and, and seeing, you know, that we're going to spend billions and billions of dollars and asking for more and more. And for what? And for what? So that's why we got Guy Mitchell on. And he's about to give us the answer to ask him uh, what the percentage that man made uh, carbon is. And, and so that gets put in the atmosphere and we'll let Guy, all right, guys, we're ready for you now. Ed, I have read and heard a very broad range of estimates as regards how much CO2 that is in the atmosphere today is man-made versus that that results from natural causation. Right. Um, you know, it's it, and and the problem is is because when you look at a CO2 molecule, you have to look at the carbon atom, and the carbon atom, um, you know, fundamentally is uh, C12, and it it 99% plus of the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is comprised of of, of a C12 carbon atom. And and there's no, and, and whether it's man-made or whether it's uh, natural, uh, either one contains the same C12 carbon atom. So it's not like you can just take a sample of the atmosphere and analyze it and say, well, is this a C12, C13, C14? Because the isotopes of carbon uh, comprise a very small amount of the atmosphere. So it's, uh, but I'll say this, every okay. time you and I exhale, we're exhaling carbon dioxide. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think, you know, there's a lot made about all of that that's really not relevant because what is relevant is the physics of what happens when a CO2 molecule absorbs a 15 micron wavelength, long wave infrared photon, and hasn't heated the atmosphere? And the answer is no. But here's another interesting statistic. Okay. You take you take the you know the the world's oceans comprise about 71 percent of the surface area of the Earth. About 71 percent is ocean, and the rest of it is land and ice and various other solid right. uh -huh. material. A the 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 long wave infrared photon that CO two emits back down to the Earth which forms the basis of this man-made global warming hypothesis is, uh, as I said earlier, it is a 15 micron wavelength uh, photon. And that those 15 micron wavelength long wave infrared photons cannot penetrate 
this and this is uh, uh, available and 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 uh, has been is public knowledge uh, and has been demonstrated through experimentation cannot penetrate the surface of the earth of the earth's oceans to a depth of greater than 100 microns, which is about the diameter of the human hair. And the oceans are estimated by NASA to be on average 12,500 feet deep. So uh, okay. the, the, what, the, these, these emissions that are supposed to cause global warming are, cannot penetrate 71% of the Earth's surface to a depth greater than the diameter of the human hair. So how can they possibly, and the answer is they can't, because the minute they hit the Earth's surface, I mean, the, the the surface of the oceans, that de minimis amount of heat is quickly dissipated by the wind. But so the, they can't heat, these long-wave infrared photons can't heat 71% of the Earth's surface, and the other 29% is... Uh, receives a de minimis amount of heat, as I said before. So it's it's amazing that it it is the uh it is the greatest scientific fraud in history and has been promoted by the UN uh in order to get research dollars. Uh there's been over a trillion dollars of money spent on quote unquote climate research in the last fifty or sixty years and there's absolutely nothing to show for it. Absolutely nothing to show for it, and uh, and there's more questions we want to ask Guy, and we're not going to have time this week, so we are going to divide this up into uh, part one and part two, so we'll get Guy Mitchell again. It's very important. I know you don't have uh, statistics to see in front of you, so I do ask you to go to his webpage so that you can go there and you can see, uh, like I said, the hockey stick. Al Gore used a fake hockey stick diagram it was it was uh incorrect way off and but yet it caused so much commotion so uh guy does have some good diagrams that help you rebuff all the uh all the claims by these people who have fallen into a religious cult it seems like called climate change but let's go ahead and uh uh, we'll end this show and be ready next week. We'll have some more rock-splitting politics, and we'll get Guy to finish up a couple more questions. And I do encourage you to get uh, Guy's book, Global Deception, and uh, go visit his website. His website is easy. It's globalwarmingdeception.com. Just go to globalwarmingdeception.com. And you can get his book called Global Warming, The Great Deception, The Triumph of Dollars and Politics Over Science and Why You Should Care. Glad we got to talk to Guy. He is a brilliant, brilliant man. And uh, we'll have a couple more questions next week with some more rock-splitting politics. See you then. Thanks for joining us today. And remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.